everybody, and welcome back to The Human Element, Kara's podcast focused on finding ways to inject humanity and insight into modern marketing. Today, we are breaking news. Well, if you didn't read the trades yet, but it still counts. I'm joined by Diana Boyai, newly appointed Chief Media Officer, Stephanie Russell, Chief Client Officer, and Mike Law, CEO of Kara US. Thanks all for joining. Thank you. So excited. Well, congratulations, Diana. This is some huge news for Kara, and we're really excited to uh, kind of kick off the conversations and kind of see where your vision is for Kara. Thank you, Chelsea. I'm equally excited. This is an amazing opportunity. So let's start with the very beginning. How did you get involved in advertising? I guess like most people, by accident. <laughs> no, so I actually, you know, I, I studied marketing in college and I, I wasn't quite sure what part of marketing was going to be the piece that was most interesting to me. And, you know, I just, I went at it. I did a bunch of different internships and through the, you know, student like work kind of counseling office. And, and I just tried everything out. I mean, I originally thought I was going to go into finance or accounting because I happened to be really good at math and Anyone who knows me now will laugh at that because I can't I can't even put the tip on a bell and like add it together <laughs> without my calculator. So so it's so fun. But I did that and you know I, I did a bunch of different internships and got to meet a lot of different people and and really kind kind of found my spot. And you know, my first role was an assistant account executive in the events group at Campbell Ewald. Looking back, were there a couple moments that stand out as pivotal in your career? Absolutely. I think there's a couple of key moments. Every new business loss and every new business win is a big moment, to be fair, and a huge learning experience. But I think there's a couple of key moments where I've reinvented myself in my career a couple of times. I was at a creative agency, came to the media agency, worked in media research, got myself into media strategy, went back to a creative agency to do strategy there. And I think the pivotal moments were coming back to media. I really found that that was the place that I could be most impactful. And where I thought, crazy enough, if you think about creative strategy, but where I thought strategy mattered most. And I spent most of my kind of formative years in my career as a strategist. So being in the media space was always something that made me feel like home. And Stephanie, this is the first time you've been on the pod officially, officially. I also want to ask you the same. How did you start getting into the advertising industry? Ironically, very similarly to Diana. So I have a a statistical econometric background, but I came at it from more of that analytic side. So I actually started in direct marketing where the math mattered a ton and then and really leaned in into media and then landed here at Kara. So, And then for both of you, what advice do you share with younger audiences or professionals that are coming up in their careers? Try everything. Reinvent yourself. I think my biggest thing I say to people, particularly interns or folks that I'm working with, is you will never know everything but try as much as you can. Yeah, and I would flank on that and just say, be curious, ask questions, understand why, find out when things are due, right? There's so many things that you can can both learn and, and be really great at what you're doing day to day just by asking lots of questions and don't be apologetic for it. Diana, what are you most excited for in this new role? I'm super excited about the product. I think we have so much amazing work happening amongst the teams that 
I can't wait to pull it all together and really begin to learn from each other and scale it to different pieces of business and, and really get the best of the care product to all the clients. Is there any significant early goals or benchmarks that you would range your success on? Yes. Yes. I think designing for people and really bringing that to life across all our clients is my number one goal this year. And not only just for clients, but for us as, you know, as a team, I mean, for all of us at Kara, I think if we, if we all get behind designing for people and believe it and what it delivers for us as teams and the product, it will translate to the product that we deliver for clients. And Stephanie, it's now been a year since you've been at Kara, which is pretty crazy to say. How has your role evolved as a chief client officer since then? Gosh, uh, I think I've just gotten more familiar with with our clients and our work and what we do. Uh, certainly earlier on, it was an interesting balance of, of business development and really focused on our existing and core clients. And of late, I've had the opportunity to really lean in on existing client work with a lot of focus, which has been fantastic. Mike. So this is really exciting news for you as well. You're also, you know, newly appointed CEO. So with a strong leadership team in place now, what are going to be the most important areas of focus in the coming months? Well, first off, I learned something new listening to the beginning of this pod is that we all started with a math background. I was a math major in college until they started introducing letters into math. And I'm like, wait, I just want to do two plus two. What's this X to the Y stuff? So yes, I think we all are rooted that we love math somehow, but we don't necessarily want to be math professors. Look, I, I think what we've been really focused on is creating this one Cara, right? That we're all collaborating and working together and have a really clear point of view on the way that we see the world so that we can help our clients grow their business and we can help our teams grow their careers. What I'm excited about is to showcase the work that we've been doing. I think that whether it was pandemic induced or workload induced, we've we've had a tendency to go into our own worlds and silos, as opposed to speaking loudly about the great things that we're doing and sharing those successes. So there's a lot of opportunity. I've kind of been joking that we're like Hawaii, we're one state, but we're a bunch of islands. You know, we want to be a bit more like the continental U.S. and a bit more connected here. And I think that that will, will be really powerful. I'm excited for Diana and for Steph to get out and see our teams and our clients and spend some time with them because I think there's this kind of explosion of opportunity about to hit us across the industry. And I think we've got a really good point of view on that. I'm super excited to have this team in place. Um, and I think that when you put Steph and Diana in the same room and their ability to dissect a problem through their very unique lenses of how they came into these roles is only going to make this solution that much stronger. So we're really set up for a good good 2022 and, and beyond. Definitely, definitely. Um, also, this is why I'm just the host because I have no math background. I've hated math <laughs> my entire life and I could barely even count the clock when I was a kid. So um, it's... <laughs> Clearly, this is why I'm here. That actually is a perfect highway, though, for Mike. You mentioned an acceleration for career growth at Kara. I want to dive in a little bit around the future of talent. 
So what does the next generation of talent look like for media agencies? I think that when we think about the future of talent right there, the talent that we're seeing come into our organization is light years ahead of where we all started our careers. I think when we came in, we were still learning some media fundamentals, some vocabulary, the way marketing and media work together. I've seen from our new talent, our young talent, just into the workforce, they've experienced a lot of this through internships, through college programs, through the way they've learned. So they're coming in hungry to deliver on strategy and to have real impact on on media every day. So part of that is us being able to make some of the transactional work more automated, more seamless, easier to do so that we're not spending 18 months at the beginning of a career with somebody just, you know, kind of banging keys on a, on a keyboard, but really having the opportunity to use their creative minds, their strategic thinking, and get them excited about the future business. The other part to it, I think, is around data and analytics and the importance of people understanding how to use technology, how to use analytics and and strong analytics to measure the success of campaigns. It's no longer, let's spend some money and hope that it works. I think every dollar is so measured now. So this balance of accelerating creativity and strategy to unleash kind of the great power these this young talent has. And then second is opening up this world to analytics and data science and measurement to make sure that we're measuring it. So I think that, yeah, the workforce looks a little different today than it did probably when we all started in the business. So I'm assuming based off of that, there has been shifts in where we prioritize our investments in L&D. One, for more strategic thinking and trying to drive more innovative thinking as well. Is there anything around, you know, the success of a future planner on how they kind of balance both, right? Data and analytics to the art of strategic thinking and creative thinking. We're working on creating Swiss army knives, right? So folks who can flex and pivot, and that's where sort of that curiosity and that, you know, sort of drive to to be kind of thoughtful and strategic and learn new things, I think is going to be so critical in our future planners. It's hard to be a Swiss Army knife or, or a unicorn, but it's also really fun and a great opportunity. So certainly looking for talent that's willing to learn all those facets of the business. Yeah, and I, I think one of the key things to, you know, talent coming in and what they need, because again, you won't know everything, but is truly, and we say this word a lot, but collaboration. Like we're bringing teams together to learn from each other and from different skill sets, right? So what we know and just the idea of of really how we've kind of created this chief media officer role and the groups within it that is really about crafting skills and then sharing those skills across teams so we can, you know, pull stories together and take skills from each other. So I really think those, you know, those Swiss army knives that Steph just mentioned, like they're talking to each other and learning from each other in true, the true spirit of collaboration and teamwork for, to deliver an idea or to deliver a product. I I don't think anyone's coming anymore to say, I specifically want to be a media planner, or I just specifically want to be a data analytics person. Folks want to do so many different things and learn from so many different people in so many different areas because they're, I think they're excited about the business overall, or maybe that's just me. (laughs) No, I I think it, I think you're right. And and one thing I would call out, I think is we're thinking about some of the the talent issues of the last couple of years, 
as people kind of move around the industry and we lose people from the industry is because we're we're home, right? Like because we're not always in the office and we're not surrounded by friends and all the other goings on of an ad agency, it made a lot of people step back and say, wait, do I really love like the work that I'm doing? Because that's what it's all about right now. I don't have friends to my left and friends to my right. I have to, I have to make sure I really love what I'm doing. So we're seeing this like new era of talent where people, these are the people who say, man, I really love media. I really love advertising. I love being part of this. That's only making our, our talent pool even stronger. Yes, there was some initial kind of pain and shock and all of that as people sorted through, through their careers. But I think ultimately it led us to this place where you know, the people who are here and are coming into the, the business are here because they, they love what they do. I love that. So let's pivot a little bit into the business in the future of Kara. 2022 will be the year of what in our industry? Mobile. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> that was a totally acceptable answer for like 11 years. So, <laughs> can we say innovation? I feel like there's so much that's evolving and and changing and shifting, right? Whether it's measurement and and the amount of biddability and how we buy and the amount of tech happening. I, I'm not going to say those other very buzzy words, but obviously lots of other fun fun innovative things happening as well. I'd say I like innovation and I would say change, the year of change. I think there's a monumental shift kind of happening around us right now. And those buzzwords that Steph said are, I think where lots of people's heads go, meta, NFT, crypto, like what do all those things mean to us? So, And they're going to fundamentally change what our business looks like to over the next few years. So yeah, change driven by a massive amount of innovation. Opportunity. That feels like a good word too. Sorry, it's a year of many things. Opportunity. I, I was going to say connection. I think people are really excited to to reconnect and re-engage. And, I, and not to say that people weren't engaged, but I think it, there's a new way of engagement and a new way of connection and appreciation for that 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 we we didn't have before. I definitely agree with all of it. And I do think to the connection point, everything feels more meaningful. So that can tie to the change and innovation and inspiration. Like, I think we are more purposeful when we do connect now, because we value those times and moments, whether that's with a client, whether that's with your team. So I think that's right. And it's an exciting time. Where have clients been the most focused so far this year? Innovation. I think so. I mean, we have clients asking so much about, you know, new technology, new forms of media, and really how that's changing the landscape and really questioning and and wanting to learn from each other and from us as to how to engage. Finding more opportunity for beta moments. Brands are more open to it now. Is that what you mean when you say innovation, Diana? Absolutely. Clients want to test. I mean, again, in in a lot of these buzzword places, right? So we have, you know, more clients in gaming, clients asking about Web 3.0 and meta and and how we get engaged and how we show up and how we involve. So there's a lot being done. NFTs, crypto, like Mike mentioned, just so many questions from so many clients and really, to Mike's point earlier, like how this will change the space and how this will change the way that we work and our plans. I think in terms of, you know, just given the timing of when this 
pod is going to launch and people are going to be listening to it. Obviously, lots of chatter around the way the traditional media is transforming as well. The currency measurement impact on kind of traditional media is also at a major crossroads. So while we're, when I think when Diana said innovation, we're thinking about big time innovation, like the way the web is going to change, the way that we're going to think about different like actual currencies in the, in the world in terms of non-fungible tokens or cryptocurrency, what it might be. But in the way that we trade billions of dollars and the buying teams at Cara and the planning teams at Cara have really had to rethink what that means for some of their, their go-to-market strategies. So I say that because it's pertinent to when people may be listening to this. And I think that we're at a huge crossroads in that space, but it's just indicative of the broader change that's happening. So even the most trusted and old school media is at a crossroads. So everything in this business is being being elevated. That's right. I mean, clients are are really focused on measurement and the conversations around measurement this year. And, and we, you know, our teams are working with many partners to figure out kind of what the future of measurement looks like. But again, something that is will remain a focus this year for clients. Especially around the success of of investing time and money into those innovative platforms. Measurement for that and what that means for a successful campaign will be massive. I think that's the next wave of the next talk. I know we've all been talking about metaverse, but what does it mean post campaign? What does it mean for the future of? So I think there's a lot there and you are right, Mike. This is going to land right around our favorite time called Upfront. So, yes. What are the most important elements of a strong agency and client relationship? Trust. I was going to say that as well. Just trust and openness, candidness. Like it's just be that when, when a problem comes across the desk or an issue or a topic or anything, we want our clients first thought to be, I'm calling my agency. I'm calling Kara right now because they'll help me. They may not have the answer, but they've got the people and the, and they can just work this out with me so that there's this, this amazing trusting confidence in the relationship is, is what I think is so important. Yeah, I can't put it any better than that. I think that's right. This is why we're working together. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if she was like, no, that is not what it is about. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you think the industry has made the most progress? I would say the use of technology, right? And automation and biddability, right? You think about the things that we used to have to, even just thinking about bidding, you know, particularly for more digital media used to be a manual process, right? So we're, we're relying heavily on tech and data to help make decisions, which allows our teams to be focusing on the next thing and putting their, their time and attention into the strategic thinking about, about what, we're, what we're supporting for clients. What's the one thing we're not talking enough about in this industry right now? I, I think the industry is focused on a lot of things. I, I don't know that there's something that we're, we're not talking about. I think that sometimes we run the risk of getting too broad. Um, I personally think there's kind of like three or four industry topics that unlike any other time in my career, I've seen the industry reacting to. So D&I, attrition, measurement, and kind of the bucket of innovation. Like 
it feels like a much more collaborative, connected industry on those topics right now because there are some ground rules that need to be fixed. There's some things that we need to agree on as a business that we're all going to drive forward. So I think we would all agree that we ultimately want to leave this business as a whole better than when we got here. Uh, and I think that that is a responsibility of, of leadership inside of, of agencies. I, I can't imagine what else we could add to our to-do list right now, but I, I, I just want us to make sure that we do stay focused on those critical things that can, you know, will have a long-term impact for our business. I think that's right, Mike. Like, I think we are talking about all the things that are important and necessary for an industry to talk about, but to your point, we also need to continue to hold ourselves accountable and making that change and, and being the drivers of that change instead of, yes, we can talk about it and that's step one. But now I think the next wave is continuing to make that impact and driving those small incremental changes that make a larger difference. So that makes sense. Yeah. And this isn't sexy, but we're not talking about it the fundamentals, like fundamental skills and fundamental and simple storytelling. Like what is actually part of the most brilliant part of our business, which is when we, we go back to the simplicity of it. And because I think sometimes we can get caught up in, in a lot of the really big topics, right? And really big complicated issues, but just the simplicity. And I think we know this when we see a really great, simple idea land, right? And you're like, wow. Like, you know, or, you know, a really great, we'll see a really great plan and it's just done really well, right? So like just celebrating those things, I think sometimes go under the radar. I love that. Where do you see differentiated areas for Kara? Designing for people is differentiating. Really having a proposition about creating rewarding media experiences that make everyday life better, right? Like this value exchange that we have and this human empathy and understanding for audiences and for people, and even for ourselves, like as much as we want designing for people to be a mantra of who we are, you know, on the outside, also on the inside. I think we truly believe in that, you know, that everything that we do and the work that we do should have a value creation for ourselves and feel rewarding as much as it does for the work that we do and for our clients. And I think that's embodied by the care culture as well. So to even take it as far inward as we possibly can, I, you know, for me, I love to see the way Kara just operates. And I think it really, as an agency, embodies that designing for people ethos. And it's just a really great, kind, nice, collaborative group of folks that are super smart and really just embody that, that way of thinking. Yeah, I think the amount of times that, that I hear from people you know, we never saw this at another agency. We never saw this transparency. We never saw this collaboration. We bring together our leaders across Dentsu and, you know, the, the power of Dentsu can, can be felt, but then manifested through the lens of, of Cara and then further through the lens of, of your clients. So we, we want our teams to feel like I'm responsible for my client and I've got the, the breadth of Cara to pull from and to learn from and experience from. And then I've got the breadth and depth of Dentsu to further empower that, right? So there, there isn't a question that can't be answered in our walls. It's about, you know, sometimes going to find, find that answer. And I think that it is the, the spirit of, I want to help you do better because collectively I want us to be better is, is a differentiator. And I see that, especially when we get into a client meeting or to a new business pitch, like, 
the creativity and the uniqueness of every meeting is amazing. Like there's a framework, but it's also, I'm solving a problem for you today. I didn't take the same answer that I had to client M's question and apply it to client B. I, I started from scratch using the fundamentals I have. So I think that's something that excites me. And it's always been the case. I mean, for the length of my tenure at CARA, you've seen that come through that I'm the genuineness of how people want to solve these problems. And that's why designing for people is a platform that in it, there's so many definitions of what that sentence could mean. I think the way that, that Stephanie and Diana were just chatting about it is, is spot on. It's not just how we solve our clients' business issues. It's how we want to want our people to feel that we're building everything around them. And last question before we hit the lightning round. Why do you love this business? I just, I love that it's ever changing that, you know, there's nothing stagnant about it and everything that happens in the world in and around media in and around the world impacts what we do from wars to peace, to government, to finance, like everything impacts what we do on a day-to-day basis. So there's no, never a dull moment. There's always so much to learn to Mike's point because it's ever changing. Like there's something new all the time. So you could never, you could never sit still and say, Oh, I'm bored. (laughs) There's, there's no chance, there's no time for it. And it, it keeps moving. And it there's an energy because of that that is so exciting. 100%. You can tell we're a team because those were the two points I was going to make as well. And it's great to feel mildly uncomfortable in your role because things are changing and you're constantly being faced to learn new things. So I love that. I don't think there's a, a single day that I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> like it, it, can be te- it can be terrifying sometimes, but that's... I also think that as as leaders and as you know as you evolve as a leader, you know the need to bring the right people to meetings and to put the right people around you, and that's a great example of Diane and Stephanie here. Like they, I mean, they bring skills that that I couldn't dream of having. But when we all walk into the room together, it's very complimentary and and can help clients quite a bit. So yeah, I think you want to be nervous in a meeting. You want to be nervous about what you're learning because that just means that you're challenging yourself to to step up to things. All right. Lightning round, which is never a lightning. So what did we call it before, Jason? Rolling thunder? (laughs) (laughs) Might rephrase part lightning round. All right. Who is your biggest role model? Many role models. Anyone that teaches children. I would say my late father, just a fantastic work ethic, really smart guy, but also did a great job of finding uh, balance. So he never missed a sports game. Yep, my parents, no doubt. A perfect day not in the office is spent outside walking. I was going to say outside too. Outside. Often. Album that defined your teenage years. Jeez. I'm going to go with... Any album, early 90s. How about like R.E.M. or Pearl Jam? Ooh, those are two good ones. For some reason, I listened to a lot of Bob Dylan in my teenage years. So maybe Bob Dylan, Greatest Hits. I got ranked on for this last time when I talked about my love of R&B music in, in my young teenage years. <laughs> so I can't escape that. But uh, but I did mature to love more like the Dave Matthews bands and Blues Traveler and that type of music. I almost said when he had hair. (laughs) Boys to Men was my style inspiration for many years. This is when I wish that we could put photos in podcasts. (laughs) These are the moments. 
or how red my face is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Movie you cannot turn off. Embarrassing, but any like rom-com that's playing on a Saturday afternoon. So like say anything's a favorite, Devil Wears Prada, like something you could watch a dozen times. I'm sorry, you would consider Devil Wears Prada a rom-com? This is concerning, I, Diana. Kind of, what is it? A sad rom-com? <laughs> Scary com sometimes? I don't know, it gives me all the feels. All right, just edit that out. <laughs> Let's go say anything all the way. Yeah, mine is Notting Hill, just keeping with that theme. Recently, I can't, every time I see the movie The Intern with Robert De Niro. Yeah, that's one of the so same. Good. Yeah, I just I just love the way that movie hits. Favorite city in the world? Rome. Ooh, good one. I'm a country bumpkin, so I haven't found a favorite city yet. Maybe one by the ocean. I'm open for tips. <laughs> this should be so much easier. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be true, but I'm holding myself honest. Like Providence, Rhode Island? <laughs> I'm going to say Black Island. It's not a city, but I'll say Black Island is my favorite we'll, place. We'll take that. We'll take that. All right. Thing people should know about you, but they don't. I was going to say I'm cheesy, but I think they know that. <laughs> I, I think it's a secret, but it's actually not. <laughs> I think maybe all the math nerd, nerdiness is uh, appropriate for all of us here. Yeah. I work out at 530. I can't follow that. I feel like I've done so many pods. Everybody knows everything about me. I don't have anything to hide anymore. I know. I know. I was literally thinking that, Mike. <laughs> oh, I've never had coffee. Oh, you don't like coffee. That's the, yeah. Yeah. That is shocking, though. Yeah. What do you so like? This isn't even so rolling is thunder. This is like a, like a <laughs> hazy fog rolling in over the ocean. Good thing this isn't live. We would be the worst live panel ever. Of your favorite city, San Diego. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the pod and congratulations again, Diana. This has been an awesome conversation and super excited to see where Kara's headed this year. Thank you. This is so fun. Can't wait to do this again. And thanks again for listening to another episode of The Human Element. You can find us anywhere you can find your pods. Give us a like, subscribe, or send us a note. We'll be back out to you real soon. 